Hey, my name is Brian Golden. I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church. And I just want to personally thank you for listening to our podcast. And I also want to invite you wherever you are around the country or in the Tampa Bay area to join our digital online campus at centerpointfl.org. And here's what you need to know. Our vision is to create an alternative to church as usual for all people. And all that means is, regardless of whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, you're new to faith, you're investigating faith, or you don't even know what you believe, our goal is for you to feel like you belong, even if you never believe. And so thank you again for listening, and I hope today's message encourages you and helps you. All right, there we go. My name is Bryant, lead pastor here. Um, You guys feel like you're ready to go here. For some of you, the thing that you came for is to know how much we raised through For the City, uh, which I'll tell you about in just a second. But I just want to reiterate what Angela said, why we do what we do. Um, For so many people, specifically in this cultural moment, they know everything the church is against. And honestly, sometimes it's really stupid stuff. This is what the church is for. We are for people in our city because, as we've said so many times, everybody matters to God whether God matters to them or not. And that's why we serve, and that's why we sacrifice, and that's why we give, that's why we do what we do. And so this year, we had another opportunity to give to partner organizations in our city, to give every dollar of it away. So what I'm about to announce, every dollar went into the community. And it went around things like hurricane relief to neighbors south of us and food scarcity and homelessness and women's crisis issues. And this is a part, I just want to stress this, of what we do all year long. This last year, um, and I'm hoping we keep this up, we were the the most generous non-for-profit in the greater Brandon area, gave more money away than anybody. And so this is just... This is just a part of that. So this is just what we raised in a couple week period um, in October for, for the city to give all the money away. So I'm gonna announce this and in a second, I'm gonna ask you to get on your feet one more time and go loud. No golf clapping in here um, is gonna suffice, all right? I wanna celebrate this big and I wanna celebrate in proportion to the impact that it's gonna have. And so, you guys ready? Yeah. All right, yeah. you sure? Yeah. All right, here's how much you raised this year for, for the city, one, two, three, you raised $51,000. All right, come on, one more time. Let me hear you. I think you can get a little bit louder. You can get a little bit louder. You guys can have a seat. Thank you. That's all the cardio I'm going to make you have for the next little bit. And listen, that, that wasn't, nothing was inflated about that. We just, we had a very small window. We're like, whatever people give in this window, that's it. We're going to close it off. And you guys came. There was no large gifts, which is a really cool thing. That was a lot of people um, that gave and a lot of people who gave a little. And I know some of those, those little gifts were sacrificial gifts. And so I love what you are doing. And that's a part of everything in terms of this bigger picture. But I, I, I thought about this, though, around all this, and I'm going to be quick, and I'm, I'm not going to preach a message, so you can just chill. Uh, come back next week for that as I start a brand new series called Beyond Belief. But he, here's the thing that I thought. None of that happens magically. None of that happens even because we just pray about it. I, I love this verse um, in Ephesians that says this. It says, now all glory to God who is able, and I love this, through his mighty power at work, within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could even ask 
or we could even think. And I don't know if you know this or not, but in the New Testament, it talks about the fact that the same power that raised Christ from the dead, it's inside of us if we placed our faith and trust in Christ. And what he's saying is when we harness that and we harness it by surrendering to God's purposes in our generation and being a part of this movement called the church, when we do that, God's plan A, and he doesn't have a plan B for doing his thing in communities and cities is to take his resurrection power and to ignite something through us. That God does his work in and through ordinary people with busted up past who say, God, I'm all in. I want to follow you. And he brings all of the weight of his power when we do that to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. It just means this, that our dreams and our vision for the future should amount to or be in proportion to the fact that we serve a God who has given us his resurrection power. And it means this that celebrating and being a fan is not enough. We've been called to follow Jesus. And that means that we have been called to do something. And when we surrender our lives to do something, I'm telling you, God's coming to do something in and through us that we could only imagine. Like that, that was the whole vision when we started this church with a really small group of people and no money to create an alternative to church as usual for all people. And I love the local church, but the reality is in our culture, a lot of people's usual with the church has not been good. And so our vision was we want to create a church or a movement that would be the safest place in the world for anybody struggling with anything. Because when you have to pretend you don't grow, and we wanted to create a movement that was welcoming and accessible to every person imaginable. And let me just tell you what welcoming and accessible means, because everybody tends to put that on a wall somewhere on a core value statement. Welcoming and accessible means welcoming and accessible to everybody because God so loved the world. And it means the church invites in not people with just a religious background, but people who are not religious, people who are white and black and Asian and Hispanic, people who are Republican and Democrat, people who are rich and poor, people who are gay and straight, people who have a past or feel like they have it all buttoned up and ready to go, people from every walk of life you can imagine. And welcoming accessible doesn't mean they can just have a seat. It means they can play a part because that's the only way you grow in a relationship with Jesus. And a movement, this is what we're a part of, that believes that hope is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. And he is able to transform any life Amen. and rearrange any past and reach any person, whether they need a second chance or a 50th chance, because his love is relentless and unending and it never runs out. And we had a vision, and you had a vision that you supported for a movement that would not just pray for marginalized and hurting people, it would go to them, and it would help them, and it would be the church in our community. And so I mean it when I say this. Everybody who's been a part of this thing, who's sacrificed, who has given their lives, and I'll overstate that, and maybe nobody is ever going to cheer you on to know about it. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for what you are doing in our city, in our community, because it is unique. And it is special, and it's making a massive impact to reach a bunch of people that nobody else is reaching in our city. But here's the thing I thought about. If you were to sit down with me over, like, coffee or a beer or milk, if you grew up Baptist, we'll edit that part out for the 11 a.m. podcast, like, whatever, your drink of choice. Um, 
and you were to ask, like, what do you think about the future? I, this is on, my honest reply to you across the table would be, I, I think we're just getting started. I think that God has so much. In fact, the verse that popped into my mind was Romans 8, 15. And Paul, just the context is important, is writing to Roman Christians under Nero. Not a happy time. And he says this, and I love this. The resurrection life that you receive from God is not timid. It's not great. It's not a grave-tending life, which means we have zero reason to ever get complacent. We have zero reason to ever just chill and relax. And again, the, the reason for that is because we serve a God that came back from the dead. And again, that should inform our dreams and our vision and how we pray and how much faith we have. Like that's the kind of God we serve. And Paul's like, listen, even to Roman Christians under Nero, just recognize this is not a timid, grave-tending life because your leader came back from the dead. And so then he says this, instead, it is adventurously expectant. The message paraphrase says, greeting God, and I love this, with a childlike, what's next? What's next? Because if you came back from the dead and you've promised to work in and through us, anything is possible. And I'm just gonna tell you, and I mean this, this is not hyperbole, this is not, I don't blink when I say this, that we're not gonna rest until we're a part of turning this city upside down for the glory of Jesus because there are 60,000 unreached, unchurched, don't know the life and freedom of Jesus within a few mile radius of us and we have been called to make a significant impact on that in our time together and we have every reason to pray and believe and vision cast toward that. So real quick, I wanna thank you around three things real quick, and John mentioned them a few minutes ago, but this is what you've done that has had such an impact. And honestly, if you're new to this whole thing, this is, this is what I think we need to double down on over the next year, to see God work in and through us. And I would also say this, if you're new to the whole church thing, you're trying to figure it out, I'm not sure about Jesus, is skeptical of the church, I get all of that. If you're watching online, listening somewhere, you don't have to do any of this. But I'm hoping a couple of things that I say over the next couple minutes are, this is what the church imperfectly should look like. This is what we're trying to do in our community. So I just want to thank you for a couple of things. First thing I want to thank you for is praying and inviting over this last year. And I cannot say this enough. Thank you. Um, you were trying. They just weren't feeling it yet. Um, here's the thing. And I add prayer because this is so important. Your heart is moved for the things that you pray for. And your heart is moved for the people that you pray for. In fact, I think that our culture would begin to change maybe if we just started to do this and this alone. If you started to pray for the person down the street that you don't agree with, if you do that long enough, sincerely enough, God will change your heart. That's why we don't do it sometimes. But all of you who have prayed and invited, I can't, I can't overstate this. Almost every baptism story, and we're gonna celebrate baptisms at the, again at the end today. Every baptism story, every story of a, a student or a child having their life transformed, every marriage reconciled, people who begin to follow Jesus seemingly out of nowhere, almost every story comes back to somebody who's bold enough and caring enough to invite them. Not annoying. We've seen that version of Christianity I'm talking about genuinely cares to pray and invite and then still loves and is a friend if they don't believe what we believe because nobody's a project. And I cannot state how proud I am of our church for doing this week after week after week. And a lot of the people who invited, they didn't have great faith. It wasn't that their life was not a mess. In some cases, their life was really a mess. They're like, your life is a mess too. You should come. 
But their invitation was simply this. You should just come and see. This is the narrative. If you've heard of it, if you haven't, it's fine. In the New Testament, where these two guys, Philip and Nathaniel, and one of the guys is hung up on the fact that Jesus came from Nazareth. And he's like, if he's the son of God, the Messiah, pretty sure he didn't come from Nazareth. Now, context is important. Nazareth was not a cultural hub. Like, if the son of God were to show up today, he's probably not coming from Sefner. You know, like, and that's not, maybe I shouldn't use that example. It, create your own context. If you live in Sefner, that's not a shot at you. My point is just, we think like he's probably coming from Soho or, you know, LA, some cultural center, not, you know, not Sefner. And so that, that was, you know, it's like Nazareth, Jesus, the Messiah's coming out of Nazareth. And, and the other guy's like, no, no, I know, I don't get it. I can't answer all your questions. It does seem weird. That, that's not what you would expect. But I'll just tell you this, this dude is raising dead people and he's giving sight to the blind. And he's raising the lame so that they can walk. So I can't answer your questions, but this is the invitation. But you should come and see. And 2,000 years later, make no mistake, that's still our invitation. And I'm telling you, when, when we're around it, and it's not like inviting is the only thing, but in our culture, it is one of those powerful things we can do to open the door to potential transformation and open the door to relationship and open the door to go, I get it. I know you've been turned off from church and I know you've got a bunch of stories, but I'm just, you just need to come and see. And the scripture says this, that the church gathered on mission as a movement is the closest thing we're gonna get to the physical representation of Jesus this side of heaven. So all of you, and I can tell you story after story after story of a guy recently was in a notorious biker gang, began to be curious about Jesus, and he had a friend who invited him to say, hey, you need to go to Centerpoint, which is, let me pause for a second. I love that about our church. If you're in a notorious biker gang, of course, you should go to Centerpoint. Like, that's the place that you need to show up. Like, that's amazing. Or a friend of mine out of church for about a decade grew up with and and back, and it's, I, I get to talk to them almost every week, and I'll never forget two months ago, came up to me in tears, and, get, and, and before they gave me the hug, I was like, oh, is the message that bad? But then in tears, hugged me, and then the next words out of their mouth was, my middle schooler just placed their faith and trust in Jesus. Or the stories of a scientist who was invited who came and has struggled all his life with the intersection of faith and science. And somebody, hey, you just gotta come check it out, came to check it out at Centerpoint because of that invite and began a journey of following Jesus and investigating Jesus. And on and on it goes. I'll tell you, and these are all personal. Another one, um, a friend of mine uh, messaged me right before Easter and said, hey, I've got three family members. They wanted nothing to do with church, but I invited them. And to my shock and surprise, they decided to come. And so I said, yeah, yeah, I'll pray for them. And she gave me their names. And then I got a message uh, about a day later. It was on that Monday after Easter. And she said, I just wanted to let you know, because of the church that this, this group of people are creating, two of my three family members placed their faith and trust in Jesus this weekend. You have no idea. And I could keep going because stories pop into my mind, but this is, so this is the last one, is a lady had been in a serious car accident, had a premature pregnancy, was so angry at God, hadn't been to church for 12 years um, exactly, and her friend just kept after her in a non-annoying way, like, I get it, I get it, I get why you're turned off, you should just come. And again, she came to a service, and I'll never forget talking to her and her friend after that service. That day, she went from darkness to light, from death to life, and placed her faith and trust in Christ. And it all happened because of the power of an invite. So I just want to encourage you over this next year, I want you to invite one person to come and see. 
And you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have a bunch of faith. You just need enough boldness and 30 seconds of courage to go. I don't know what God's gonna do, but there are so many stories of God using that as the beginning point to transform somebody's eternity. In fact, some of the greatest invite opportunities are coming the end of this month with Winter Wonderland. Last year, we had 5,000 people attend this event. If you don't know what I'm talking about, show up that night and watch what happens to our campus. This is not an event for you to just hang out and have cider. This is an event that is strategic toward our community to come and invite somebody to come with you and experience the church in a different light. Or the Jeremy Rosado from The Voice concert with our own Aaron David, which is super exciting to me. On the 18th, so many people are looking for things to do this Christmas. We're really busy as a staff. The only reason we're doing this is not just to have a great time where our church shows up together. This is a strategic opportunity and a really great invite for many of us. And then Christmas Eve, statistically, from research, more people who are away from God or curious or not sure are, are willing to come on Christmas Eve than any other time of year, even beating out Easter. This is an incredible opportunity because it's kind of a socio-cultural kind of event for people that that invite might be the beginning of changing everything. And so I wanna encourage you, invite one person toward the end of this year and as we move into the next year to come and see. And I'll tell you, the amount of lives that we see changed and transformed over this next year at some level are gonna be in proportion to how bold and loving we're willing to be to our community to actually pray for people and invite people. And listen, I just promise you, you get inward focused long enough as a church, some of you grew up in churches like this, eventually you will become a self-righteous country club. We've been called to be the church for our city and community, which means we actually have to care for people and do something. And can you imagine if every Jesus follower in our church did that over this next year, the impact that we would have? Man, I, just, I cannot thank you enough for praying and inviting. Second thing, real quick, is I wanna thank everybody who's given financially to support the mission and the vision of our church. Jesus said it this way, that where your treasure goes, your heart follows it. If you wanna know what you're most devoted to, watch the money trail. Because Jesus said, listen, I don't need your stuff. I'm good, I'm Jesus. But if you want to really care about something, the things that you invest in and give toward, your heart's gonna be moved. It's why so many of us feel this so deeply. Because when we give toward it, our hearts moved in a different kind of way. Can I just celebrate this one thing that I think is so cool? Is over the last quarter, we've had, check this number out, 200, 200 people, 200 brand new people give to the mission and vision of Centerpoint financially for the first time to go, I believe in this. I wanna create an alternative church as usual. It's absolutely incredible. And so I wanna encourage you specifically around one thing because we call them planned percentage priority givers over this last year. Those people who are blocking and tackling in that way, which just means they don't just give spontaneous, they give consistently and constantly. That's what allows us to be generous to our community because there is a whole group of people who are doing that. But I wanna encourage you around one specific thing, and I'm gonna move on, is around end of year giving. And here's what many don't realize. The end of year, about 20% of giving comes in these final several weeks. About 12% of all giving comes in the last three days. And where we are mistaken is we think that that has something to do with this year, and it doesn't. It has nothing to do with 2022 or this year. It has everything to do with reaching the vision and the dreams that God has for us next year. Like, we're good this year. But what we do in these final weeks are gonna determine what God's gonna do in the days ahead. And I'll just tell you a couple of things. Bradley already talked about them. But over this last year and next gen, what has happened has been incredible. What I've loved about our church is we've grown multiculturally, multiracially, multiethnically, socioeconomically diverse, but we've also grown multigenerationally. And many of you, you don't know this, but the statistics around this are staggering and you've got jobs and lives and don't have time for this. But I'll just tell you, after all the, the post-pandemic, the pandemic, cultural stuff, 
It has been the worst several years nationally and globally for the church in anybody's lifetime. In fact, if you looked at the statistics, the amount of churches that have closed their doors or a fraction of what they were, or they're just trying to hold on and survive, and this isn't a criticism, it's been very difficult. It's staggering. And the fact that we have emerged on the other side of that, flourishing, we're reaching more guests right now than we've ever reached before in our life, more unchurched than we've ever reached before in the history of our church. And Bradley mentioned it, our students, middle school and high school, we're running more in those groups than we were pre-pandemic. And this, that maybe doesn't register to you. That is almost unheard of right now, culturally. And we, on big Sundays, we have 70% more kids show up on those Sundays who are generally returners from second and third times, and they love it, and they're not into the church thing yet. They don't come every week, but they're like, we've got to be there for this because we provide such a great environment for kids and middle schoolers and high schoolers. So I just want to say this. You have no idea, many of you, about this, but it takes $200,000 over the course of a year to invest what we invest in all of our next-gen ministries. And it's growing. And I can tell you, as we move into 2023, it's gonna grow substantially in this next year. We need to increase that budget by about $50,000. And one of the big ways we do that is determined by year-end giving toward the mission and the vision and the dreams that God has for our future. Many of you know we had a vision offering raising $300,000 this last year for next-gen renovations and retrofit. And you guys came strong. We've already raised over $100,000 for that. But we have about 180000 to go for um, sound treatments and carpeting and retrofitting and a ton of other stuff for that building. And we don't apologize for investing everything we can in the next generation and waiting heavy in that direction because what is the faith of the next generation worth? Everything. And so year in giving in a large part is going to determine what we're able to do next year and what we're able to do specifically in the lives of these people are next generation. Here's the other thing that's, that's oftentimes un, unrecognized is what we do here at end of year, end of year giving is gonna determine how much we are able to grow in terms of being more generous in our community. When, ask anybody, when we started this day one, my whole goal is over the years that we would grow in generosity and giving away volunteer hours and money to the community every single year. Year-end giving has a lot to do with how much we're able to grow in that in the next year. And then finally, what many of you may not know, the number one way we're reaching people right now is via online, is via podcasts, is via an online service. In fact, many of your stories are you checked us out or you visited an online service three or four times before you ever showed up, which I would do the same thing. It's the biggest way we're growing. It's the thing that impacts your friends, neighbors, and the people you're inviting more than anything else. And so this next year, we, we need about $30,000 to upgrade some of our video and sound uh, for a ton of people who are engaged in that way. One thing that's off the radar is even radio that was moved to not just AM, but FM over this last year all over the state. And there's little anecdotal stories like a guy who was invited via radio in a prison cell serving a life sentence began to listen to unfiltered radio and in a prison cell serving a life sentence with what you guys and what we do on Sunday mornings placed his faith and trust in Jesus. He wrote a letter encouraged by his mom and then he showed up to a service and began to attend our church. Like you have no idea what you're doing, the impact it's having. But even in this area, year in giving has a lot in terms of determining what we're able to do in this next season and the dreams and the vision that God has for our future. So I just wanna encourage you to make over and above a year end gift. Easiest play is via the app to go over and above. I wanna be a part of the potentially immeasurably more in this next year in funding the dreams and the vision that God has for our church, which make no mistake is about people. 
finding life and freedom in Jesus. If you are new to the whole church thing, or like, I had a bad experience, all the church wants is your money, totally get it. I'm not asking you to do anything. You can keep coming for the next decade and we'll foot the bill for you and your family because this is about ministry and lives being changed. But for those of us who are followers of you, we get to be a part of this. So maybe for you, if you're new to the financial generosity thing, give up two Starbucks, invest in the kingdom. If you're like my family, not to throw her under the bus, but maybe my wife gives up an Amazon package, not showing up at my door every single day from now until we're going we're gonna to give that to the kingdom of God, year in giving. So whatever it looks like for you, and she knows we're cool. I love her. Um, like, do it. And I, you let, help make 2023 our greatest year of ministry ever. That is possible. It's in front of us. And can you imagine what would happen if everybody did that? If every single person engaged in that way, what God would do in our city and our community over this next year? I just want to, I just want to thank every single person because many of you are never going to be cheered on and nobody knows the sacrifice that it takes. But you haven't just been a fan or celebrated this vision. You have given financially to it. And you have created and helped fuel everything that God's done in allowing him to work through you. And then I want to say this last thing, and I'll be done, is thank you to every single person who has volunteered to be a bridge builder over this last year. And it is hard for me to talk about this without getting emotional. But from the very beginning, we used the term bridge builder because I, I despise the idea of, well, I'm just a volunteer. Nobody is just a volunteer. We are a part of this movement, this body of Christ, and you've heard me say this so many times, but nobody parks cars here or just parks cars here. We are answering the one question everybody is asking, do you care for me? And that message starts in the parking lot before it ever gets to the stage. Make no mistake, we are not babysitting kids. I hate that language. We are anchoring the good news of Jesus in their heart. We are not tolerating students. It's why we invest so much in the next generation unapologetically. We're not just tolerating students. We are raising up and creating culture shapers for the future that are gonna have a different experience than many of you had. And make no mistake, we're not running switches and knobs and just operating cameras. We are creating the context for the story of God and for people to interact with that. And every person who steps up to go, I wanna be a bridge to where people are to the vision and the dream and the destiny and the will that God has for your life. God is using you. It's his number one way to show off his resurrection power through the church. And what we've experienced is because hundreds of you have stepped up to say, I want to be a part of that. People like Keith and Beth, who I had uh, lunch with a couple weeks ago, they drive an hour away and they're not the only ones. And they're empty nesters and they live near the beach. And it'd be so easy for me. I think I said this to them. Why don't you just chill and go to the beach every week? And yet they drive an hour over here because they're like, what's happening through this church is so unique. We're willing to drive an hour to get here and they serve and they sacrifice. People like Gus, we sh I shout him out a lot, but he's been with us almost from the beginning. Listen, <laughs> Gus does not just hug people and shake hands and show up because he doesn't have anything better to do. Like so many other people. He does have other things that he could do. Like so many other people, he has been a part of so much transformation in the lives of people. I mentioned this first service. I had somebody come up to me to say, the reason I'm here is because I came and I felt a little bit lost and I didn't know anybody. And next week I came and Gus somehow magically remembered my name. And it just let me know that I was known and seen. And it began her faith journey because of what he did. There are CEOs... 
There are entrepreneurs, there's government leaders that you don't know about, people in education, single moms, people with a past, those who are barely hanging on, and they are giving their lives to this. And it's what Paul said, I love this in the New Testament, where he said, you're an indispensable part of the body of Christ. You're the church. And I don't know if you know this or not, but for whatever reason, God's placed you here for a reason. And there are some people that only you can relate to. At a human level, there are some people that only you can reach. And there's some stories that are only gonna be changed because you decide to play your part. And I'll just tell you, the value of your life at some level is gonna be determined by how much of it you give away. And I'm biased. But I don't think there's a better thing that you could leverage your life for than the local church on mission to get a front row seat, to watch everything that God does through it, and to recognize that when you serve, when you're a part, you get to be a permanent part of somebody's story forever. And I just wanna say this last thing. You should go today, go to the Centerpoint Church Florida app and sign up in some area. You don't even have to feel called to it. You just need to be obedient and do it, and then God will direct you from there to go, I wanna be a part of this. You should go today and do that. You should be a part of what God's doing but, but let me just say this, and I've said this before. This isn't just about intervention because the church does a lot of intervention type stuff where marriage is in crisis, kids that are off the rails, people who are in addiction and dysfunction, and that's what we should do. That's what the church is about. But recognize there's a lot that we do in terms of prevention. And a lot of what we do in terms of giving and volunteering and pressing toward the future, it's not just about intervention. It's about what we're gonna prevent. Do you know we get to be a part over this next year of keeping some marriages from getting into crisis, from keeping some teenagers to being knee-deep in depression and trauma, from keeping some kids from experiencing some of the things that we've experienced, and we get to write a different story for their future. And you may never know their names, you may never know the stories, but that's what we get to be a part of when we're a part of the church on mission for our community. So I just wanna say to you, can you imagine if every single one of us did that? what God would do, how God would use us. In just a second, we celebrated first service, we celebrate again baptisms. And I'm gonna try to hold it together because um, I'm baptizing my three oldest kids in just a second, along with several others that are getting baptized. It just worked out that way. And I was thinking about this. I don't know how else to say it than this. I'm a thoroughly satisfied customer in terms of what you've been a part of and what God's done. And, and when we started this church from very selfish reasons, I, I told my wife that I wanted to create a church that my kids personally are gonna love. And I can't control. Their future, and they have to make their own choices in terms of following and, and loving Jesus but I wanna do everything within my power to at least set the stage, the context for God to move and work in their life. To maybe, that's what I'm praying for, to graduate at 18. Love the church and love Jesus. And so, so far, God's done that and he's done it because of so many of you and you have your own stories. And so I just wanna say, thank you for what you have done. And I just wanna say with everything in me that it is God's power at work in us and I believe with all of my heart that infinitely more beyond what we could ever ask, think, or imagine, if we stay faithful and stay focused on Jesus, I believe that that is still ahead of us. 
So all over the room, would you guys pray with me? If you're online right now, would you just pray with me in this moment? Jesus, I thank you for, for what you're doing here. I thank you that we get to be a part of this. And I just, I wanna make really, really clear. We're here for Jesus. All glory goes to you. And we get to be a part of this, but this is not us. This in so many ways is in spite of us, but I just thank you for inviting us in. I thank you that we get to do it. And I pray that you would continue to show off your resurrection power through us. And we pray this in Jesus' incredible name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this message or have been impacted by Centerpoint Church in any way, would you consider helping us out in one of two ways? First, if you would just spread the word, share this message with your friends, family. Maybe you could go rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast catcher, but this helps us so much more than you know. And secondly, this ministry is supported by people like you through their financial generosity. And so if you've been impacted by any of these messages, would you consider giving to support the mission and vision of Centerpoint to see people reach with the radical grace of Jesus? You can give today on our website at centerpointfl.org. And again, that's centerpointfl.org.